सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीतमस्तुम विद्विषावहै ओप्यायंगाप्राण चक्षुश्रोत्र अथो बल इंद्रियाणिचर्वाणीसर्वंब्रह्मपनिषद्रह्मपनिषद्रह्मनिराको अनिराकरणमस्तु अनिराकरणमे अस्तु तदात्मनि निरते यउपनिषत्सु धर्माहा ते मयि संतु ते मयि संतु ओम शांति 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 name is the name of jagat jagat is a series of names infinitely finite series of names is this universe names which have meaning but then when we look deep into the name we cannot separate the name which what is the meaning of name in uh, what is the word for name in sanskritam nama from nami nami means the one the abode of the name the truth of the name we are not talking of the word part and its immediate meaning which is in the form of this shape etc we are talking of that which is the truth of all names and all forms the source of the name source of the names in other words the name of all names so that is what is brahman so therefore if all the names and forms resolve in brahman that means what name is brahman and so therefore if one cannot fathom then the what we talked about in the earlier session 
And what was the earlier session? That the truth of all names and form is Brahman. Name is Brahman. Brahman is not name. That's difficult to fathom. So therefore, there was an invitation by Sanat Kumara. What was the invitation? Stay at the name. How to stay at the name? Name is Brahman. Name is Brahman. Nemaya Namaha. You keep saying. <laughs> keep worshipping the name. And the worship itself being a karma has what? Karma phala. Karma phala will come. And what is the karma phala? The person becomes very powerful in the field of all names. Whatever they, they think of, it comes. Very lucrative, wonderful karma phala. Very nice karma phala. So, if I master this meditation, this particular upasana on the nama, then everything that I call, call out to comes to me. And if you are happy, stay there. But Narada asks a question. Is there anything more than the name? <laughs> because for him, who is prepared here, who is showing us the embodiment of preparation for Atmagnanam, for him, this does not suffice. Just sitting and doing Nama Japa, Nama Japa with a, with a twist here. Usually Nama Japa means Japa on the Nama. But here the Nama, Nama itself is the Japa. And so, keeping on seeing name, every name as Brahman, it's not enough for him. He wants to know. He wants to know what is beyond the name. Where is, you know what you said earlier, I want to know that. Where do all the names fly home at the end of the day? Where is their abode? Where is their nest? Where do they roost? I want to know that. Is there anything bigger than name? What should have Sanat Kumara said? Yes, name resolves in Brahman. That Brahman is you. But what does Sanat Kumara do? He does not go there. Why? Because we are looking at stages. One by one by one by one. Is there anything greater than name? Hmm. Where does the name come from? Pot. Where does it come from? Hmm? From the tongue? Hmm? Simple. <laughs> we don't have to get all Vedant in here. <laughs> Pot comes from clay, etc. That's a different trajectory. Here, <laughs> what is the source of the, the, the word? Name is word. Alright? So what is the source of the word pot? Can I say the word pot if the, I did not, uh, if I were not blessed with the organ of speech? Can I articulate the word pot? No. That's all it is. Name is great. And is there anything greater than name? He said, yes. <laughs> speech is greater than name. But why? Because it is the source of the name. Vak, speech, 
and he is also thinking of the sixth chapter which just passed by because this is the seventh chapter vajarambhanam vikaro namadheyam all the vikaras are in, in in the form of the name nama or what resolved into speech resolved into speech because the whole jagat dances on my tongue think about it what a lovely concept whatever i say is a nama that has a particular form that has a particular rupa and then where where is it sourced it is sourced on my tongue the whole jagat dances on my tongue in the form of various names various words and then what follows is a upasana on speech the one who masters the speech by doing this speech aya namaha upasana <laughs> speech eva brahma speech is brahman vag brahma one who sees vak as brahman and one who does this upasana gets becomes very becomes a great orator commands so many things because it's a karma upasana is a karma every karma has what karma phala the result of action is guaranteed so the result of our action is that you become an orator you are sought after please come here give us a speech podcast whatever it's called these days and so please bless us with your words everybody just hangs on your words are you happy narada narada says well been there done that <laughs> i'm known for my speech <laughs> in fact i can speak very cleverly i can insult people without knowing that they are being insulted <laughs> i can say a few words and then people start fighting amongst themselves and i can just push off from there having shown them the truth of their ways so speech doesn't excite me why because i'm already a fulfilled person with regard to speech so is there anything so i don't need this speech upasana nor do i need its phala because i'm already enjoying the phala perhaps from the upasana done where in a previous life who knows right now suffice it to say i you know suffice it to say that narada has enough emotional maturity to not get trapped into this speech uh, upasana and a little prize at the level of speech speech is brahman but brahman is not speech i want to know that brahman i don't want to get stuck on uh, at the level of speech so he asked the next question what is that is there anything greater than speech narada said of course there is something greater than speech where does speech originate where does it originate mind very good wonderful nobody said never mind yeah <laughs> speech origi- originates in the mind because first i think hopefully and then i talk <laughs> sometimes the reverse is true 
that's when I have to apologize all over myself. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to say that. I actually meant to say something else. It came out different. And then we can blame the stars. You know, the Sagittarius is not in a good place or what else? Mercury is in retrograde. This is true actually. And so we can blame it on so many things or we can take responsibility and say, I did not mean it. That means what? Somehow the speech ran away from the mind. This is an aberration. Otherwise we'll be apologizing all the time. That's not the case. One apologizes occasionally when the mind runs, you know, when the speech runs ahead of the mind. Usually, what is the case? The one thinks and then one talks. This is the ideally speaking. So the mind is the repository of speech. So now speech is Brahman and I was just going to hang on to that. Just like the the, the lower branch is Brahman. No, 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 no. That's not the, the lower branch is not the moon. Look at the upper branch. Upper branch is the moon. No, 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 not that branch. Look at this branch. That branch is the moon. No, no, no. The moon is none of the branches. So any star that is shown is not Arundhati, not Arundhati, not yet Arundhati. But all of them are leading to Arundhati. This is the methodology. The methodology takes us from the gross to the subtle. There are many things about this methodology worth recounting. One is that it takes us from the gross to the subtle. And the second important thing to remember about how this methodology operates is that that which pervades is subtle, that, by, uh, that which is pervaded is gross. So the subtle pervades the gross, so the subtle is greater than the gross. So compared to the name, speech is subtle and compared to speech, mind is sukshma. And Adi Shankara gives a beautiful example of someone holding two fruits in one's fist. Small fruits. Amalaki. What is that? Gooseberry. Kola fruit. I don't know the translation of that. So, kola fruit. Amalaki fruit. So, if I hold two fruits in my hand, what do I see? Just the fist. I don't see the, fru the fruits. So, similarly, the, the, the name and the speech are pervaded by the mind, are held together by the mind which is subtler and therefore that which is subtle is more pervasive than that which, by which, uh, which pervades previously in this whole series of things. And so the mind holds both the speech and the name like a fist holds two uh, different kinds of fruit. And so, mind is Brahman. Meditate upon the mind as Brahman. 
मनोब्रह्मी उपासीत मानवान्वती The person will be uh, will be the one for who the one who is respected for their mind. The person will be having all the thoughts, and those thoughts come get manifested into reality. Mind you, this kind of upasana is not easy. One has to really take that seriously and do it day and night for an, uh, for a for a number of years. then only one has japa siddhi upasana siddhi and then only one becomes very adept in this then only the phala of this is gained narada again says never mind to the mind <laughs> i don't want this is there anything greater than the mind you say mind what else is there uh, other than the mind and then the answer is sankalpa because what is in the mind is sankalpa so the mind is pervaded by something subtler than the mind which is the sankalpa what is sankalpa intention will it is through the the the, the will that one says i will study the veda i will chant the mantras i will follow dharma this is this is the will without the will and then it is because of the will one says i will think these thoughts i will have these thoughts and i will act according to the thoughts it is because of the will one says i intend to go here and then one goes there it is because of the will one acts it is because of the will one speaks i intend to say these things and i am going to say these things it is because of the will that one articulates all the mantras of the veda effortlessly if the will is not there and you can see that you know well, this this frequently happens to me i go to somebody's house there is a 2 year old and the 2 year old is told come on <laughs> chant for swami ji <laughs> so nicely you know how to chant <laughs> gurur brahma gurur vishnu come on chant uh, we know that you know <laughs> the child will be smiling will come and sit in my lap do everything except chant <laughs> why sankalpa is not there will is not there and so the, therefore the will is greater than the speech and then narada says <laughs> i am not satisfied not satisfied is there something greater than will the answer is something which is very difficult to translate chittam chittam here means a kind of the the, the the place where the will originates in the antakarana the place where the will originates again a very subtle place you can't point out to here here you can't you know make a mark and say 
cut here it, it will not work because it's all on the level of sukshma that which chetayati that which prods the will to desire that which prods the will to act itself out that is what is called chittam here so then that inner power which which prods the will which in turn prods the mind which in turn prods the speech which in turn articulates the name etc etc we have to go back all the way when that is absent as adi shankara says in a person who is lost the will to live when that is absent then it is very difficult to bring that person back so this is chittam then he he goes further and of course if you at every level i'm not going to keep repeating it at every level there is a upasana and so there is a upasana and there is a phala which means that person reigns very well in that particular region in that particular area there is a certain expertise there is a certain mastery and there is a certain phala of being able to manifest things etc enjoy certain adhipatyam adhipatyam means what a certain emperorship in that area rulership then what else is greater than this chittam then we have dhyanam meditation slash contemplation why because that place which prods the will is a place of tranquility undisturbed tranquility which is the place where thoughts originate and even though uh, on the superficial level we say the thoughts originate in the mind but here it is even deeper than that and so dhyanam contemplation and there is a very beautiful poetic portion here he says very very poetic sanat kumara says it is as it were that the whole jagat is in contemplation you look at the mountains they are as though contemplating you look at the air the akasha the, the space it is as though contemplating the waters are singing a mantra they are as though contemplating the air is blowing the contemplation itself everything around the person is contemplative and therefore the contemplative person is held in high regard in society because they don't speak much they simply are and in their contemplation holds the will of for a thousand souls they can pray for thousand people at one time without even intentionally praying they just hold everybody and everything without really saying a word and that's why such people are sought after more than people who are adept in speech adi shankara says very beautiful but why are the mountains as it were contemplating 
how is the earth as it were contemplating how is akasha the space as it were contemplating if we ask the question adi shankara responds by saying nischalataya because they are all unmoving so there there is some connection between a contemplative mind and nischalata stillness tranquility and from that stillness originates all action including will speech etc all come from that stillness so the stillness is greater than the speech the mind the will the name etc meditate upon the stillness contemplate upon contemplation and then <laughs> the whole world will be spinning in your hands o narada what does narada say thank you very much hmm what does he say is there anything greater than contemplation tell me something that is greater than contemplation i got this very nice very poetic what is there that is greater than contemplation so he says vigyanam vigyanam here is not self knowledge even though it is used elsewhere as a uh, word to describe self knowledge vigyanam is not self knowledge vigyanam here is the ability to master the vedas and reproduce the vedas that is why it is called vigyanam so that is greater than contemplation because what the contemplation does is put the person in on a, a, a on the path of learning and articulating the mantras that quietude which is characterized by contemplation <coughs> which is characterized by the stillness what does it do it bursts into the learning the learning of what karma kanda or even the chanting of vedanta mantras so this is how it is it 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 is it is subtle it's a subtle form of learning it's the learning which is held in the mind even today in the veda patha shalas all these yellow children that go <laughs> wearing yellow we see that they hold the whole veda in their head and adi shankara says without having a contemplative attitude it is impossible to expand the mind to such an extent to hold the whole rigveda in your head not possible and so learning here uh, the the learning here ensues from contemplation and in a way is greater than contemplation because uh, because that learning allows the retention of the mantras in the heart in the head what does narada say yes what is greater than vigyanam and of course let's not forget there is a little portion of this vigyanam which is uh, uh, if it is contemplated upon one becomes a master of the chanting of the vedas one becomes anujana anujana anu uh, the anujanam becomes wonderful one becomes uh, adept in 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 this in the learning of the veda 
and then so narada says i'll pass on that what is greater than vijnanam and then what is then uh, uh, greater than vijnanam very interesting and it doesn't seem subtle at all balam he says strength because without strength you cannot articulate the learning you cannot even start the process of learning strength here is physical strength in the 6th chapter the chapter previous to this one of the chandogya upanishad shvetaketu is given an exercise homework do not eat for 10 days the father says but keep drinking why because i am not ready to say goodbye to you yet <laughs> keep drinking water do not eat keep drinking water and present yourself to me at the end of 10 days shweta ketu being a good student does accordingly presents himself at the end of 10 days very emaciated and eager to find out what is the point of this experiment yes father father says okay chant the samaveda rathantara samaganam who <laughs> what not who बेरली दैट कम्स आउट एंड टू लाई डाउन यू के नॉट चांड द वेद आज लाइंग डाउन ग्रेट डिफिकल्टी हिज इट्स अप इज इज ओके यू नो आई वॉज द बेस्ट इन क्लास आई हैड अ वंडरफुल गुरु जी पी एट द गुरुकुलम and so i should be able to do this what's going on over here let's try again let's just you know do that and then he gives up after two three times he says i don't recall the mantras i know there is such a thing called m for mantra but i don't have a clue what it is and much less a clue how to articulate it nothing is coming out father says go to your mom have a nice meal come back for part 2 of the experiment he goes has a good meal comes back and then is told to chant the same chant everything comes out very 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 nicely and strongly and this shows what they may be sankalpa they may be they may be manaha they may be will they may be contemplation they may be learning but without balam nothing is possible even the word rigveda i forget i cannot remember and so this balam is very very important because of this balam alone one can one can articulate everything else gets uh, fast tracked because of this strength balam 
What does Narada say? What's for lunch? No. <laughs> what does he say? Is there anything greater? What is greater than Balam? And then he says, he goes on a very interesting uh, little journey. Almost like a side journey from our list, from the subtle, from, from the gross to the subtle. A little bit of a tangent. Here he talks about that into which Balam resolves, Balam originates from. And what is that? The five elements. Starting with Annam. Annam is the Upalakshana, is a stand-in for Prithivi, Earth. And then he goes on saying, the Earth is the best, East or West, and because of Earth we have all these things, we, we have Annam, Earth is the one that produces Annam, so Earth is greater than Annam, etc. And if you do an Upasana on Annam and Earth and all these things, you will get lots of food to eat. Even when you don't want, you are getting food items. So that means what? You have done this Upasana. If that is true in your life, that means you must have done Annam Brahmeti Upasana in this or other lives. And then from the earth we go to water because the truth of the earth is water and then again water is subtler than earth. Earth is objectifiable by five sense organs. Water is objectifiable by only four sense organs because the sense of smell is connected to the earth. So water, water is subtler to the earth, water pervades the earth. So water is greater than earth and then from there we go to fire, subtler than water, objectifiable only by three element, uh, three sense organs. What are they? Touch, sight, sound, crackling sound. And then what is greater than each, each one upasana is there. And then what is greater than fire? Vayu, subtler, because it is objectifiable by only two sense organs, which are they? Touch, sound. And then what is greater than Vayu is Akasha, space, only identifiable by sound. Only identifiable by sound, no other thing. And so the Akasha, so they, they, then all these five elements, because they are the truth of the Jagat and the truth of everything that we started, uh, what did we start with? With the name. And then, so there is a little bit of a side uh, discussion about the five elements and everything. When of course, Narada asks, what is greater than Akasha? What is subtler than Akasha? What is greater than Akasha? Space, memory is the answer. Memory is greater than Akasha. Why? And Adi Shankara says, silly, because 
If you have memory, you can say the words Akasha. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. He has this very subtle sense of humor. <laughs> Only when you have memory, you can say Akasha. If you don't remember that, you can't even say Akasha. And so the memory is behind all the Vedas. The memory is greater than Akasha. Because of that, I can say Akasha, all these things. And then this Maranam is, when you do Smaranam over Smaranam, when you do Dhyana over Smaranam, when you worship this memory, then what happens? You never have to worry where you left your keys. <laughs> you don't need those things called air tags ever. And so this is the, uh, uh, this is the phala of this Upasana. Memory is subtler, greater than Akasha. But then we have the next uh, uh, question. What is it that drives memory? What is the source of memory? What are the things that I remember? What are the things that one remembers? The things that one likes? Or the things that one does not like? Things that one does not like are remembered painfully <laughs> so that I don't go to those situations ever again. A terrible holiday, a terrible friend, <laughs> a terrible experience. It is best forgotten, they say. But I don't forget it. Why? Because I don't want to repeat it. I may block it out, but then if then any kind of a similar situation with the same ingredients come, I say, oh, oh, and then slowly go away from them. Whereas the pleasant memories, I keep regurgitating them. I keep wanting to reproduce them. I keep wanting to replicate that into reality. I duplicate the memories. I want to, I want to linger in those memories. I want to make those memories a reality and only because of memory do I have even the desire for the sankalpa. Thus even the sankalpa comes, the will comes. Then when there is memory, the dhyanam comes. I contemplate upon those objects. Dhyayato vishayan pumsaha sangahateshu upajayate sangat sanjayate kamaha kamat krodhaha abhijayate which Upanishad? Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> Second chapter. And so, this is the, uh, uh, this is exactly the, uh, the thing here. So that's why the memory is, is great. What drives memory? Asha, desire. Desire drives memory. Because of the desire, there is the desire to retain. Because of the desire, the force of the desire forces me to remember, leads me to a place where I recall. And so the desire is more pervasive and greater than memory. And so the desire drives everything in, in this particular way. And then what is greater than desire? He says, prana, prana. What is greater than desire is the life force itself. And he asks a question. 
is there you know is does the does the dead body have any desires no why <laughs> the prana has departed from which how can it have desires how can that entity from which all prana has departed have desires not possible at all no possibility exists and so therefore what so therefore this is not uh, so so the desire is 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 greater than memory and then prana is greater than desire the very life force called prana ties the whole jagat ties all the sentient beings together sutratma it is called sutre maniganaha iva like all the pearls on a string the prana is this subtle energy that connects this whole world together you don't see the string but it is there it is what keeps the pearl alive and in place similarly the prana keeps everything else such as memory desire balam dhyanam five elements etc keeps it going because the prana is there and then so the prana is there means what that that is what makes the person alive and when the when the person is alive due to prana then you cannot touch that person if somebody goes and pricks and prods a person then they they will shout they will say stay away from me you are hurting me but what, what what do we do to a dead body asks adi shankara we prick and prod it and then put it on the flames it does not object this shows that the prana is greater than even desire because the capacity to desire is incumbent upon the presence of prana then of course who uh, uh, what does narada say actually he doesn't say anything at this point <laughs> he keeps quiet he sits there quietly and he is just taking it all in because it's a lot i just condensed it you know horribly short but it, but it's a lot lot of this whole list is there pages and pages and pages 15 chapters we have done in the last 15 minutes <laughs> and so he he just sits quietly because he, he doesn't know he doesn't know should i ask if there is anything greater than prana <laughs> or should i just sit quietly maybe there is nothing greater than prana because after all the person dies and then there is nothing left and then adish shankara talks about uh, even the shastra itself the upanishad itself says without prana the person is nish prana it's a dead body and all these things and so maybe there's nothing more to talk about so he sits quietly sanat kumara has a wave of compassion for this very tenacious and and perseverant student an ideal student who suddenly appears to have lost hope <laughs> in the middle of the teaching and has become fallen silent and has stopped asking questions he doesn't want to mislead this student 
He doesn't want Narada to go away thinking that prana is the be all and end all of everything. Pranam Brahma and there is nothing beyond prana. So he quietly says, you know what he himself says, there is something that pervades prana. (laughs) And I'll tell you what that is. It is Satyam. What is Satyam? Reality. We saw that there is, there are two definitions for Satyam. What are they? Did I say them in this retreat or in the previous one? Abadhitam Sat. That which is non-negatable is what is called Satyam or Sat. Maybe that's why the confusion was because we talked about Sat and here the word is Satyam. Same thing, no difference. Abadhitam, non-negatable. And what's the other definition? Trikalepi tishthati iti sat. That which is unchanging avyaya in all three periods of time. This is what is called what? Sat. And so, this is the truth of you, this is the truth of name, this is the truth of form, this is what is the reality. Narada is told. And what is the, what, what are the other things? What are the other things, all these things through which, through which portals, various doorways we came out of, what are those things? Mithya, dependent upon Sat. Everything originates as it were from Sat, Sustained by Sat, and then what? Resolves into Satyam. Nothing is greater than Satyam. This is what Narada is told. And then Narada asks, How, how on earth do I understand this? How to understand this? How to assimilate this? How to take this? inside. I need to be able to assimilate this. And so for that, there are two, three things he is told. Not that one is greater than the other. That discussion we have finished, but it's more of a how-to. How to know this Sat? And he gives three kinds of things. The first one, uh, three or four things. The first one he says, Matihi, proper reasoning, the ability to think properly, to ask the proper and relevant and timely questions, to do Atma Vichara, that is very, very important. So, Matihi. Second is Shraddha. What is Shraddha? Trust. The trust that was lost at a young age. By what? because of childhood and various traumas and various difficulties due to the uncertainty and the <clears throat> and the behavior of the primary caregivers yeah the trust that was lost has to be regained the trust that was lost as a child because of which I became extremely distrustful of everybody and everything, has to be regained 
by learning to trust the parents of the universe. And that regaining of the trust by daring to trust the infallible as Ishvara, that again is an interim step to understanding this, is what? Is called Shraddha. Shastreshu Guru Vakyeshu Satya Buddhi Avadharana. This is the definition of Shraddha in the Viveka Chudamani, Shastrasya and then Guru Vakyasya with reference to the Shastra and the words of the Guru, Satya Buddhi Avadharana, the ability to hold the, the possibility, hold an open heart and look at the possibility, yes, this might lead me to the truth. Sa Shraddha Kathitha Sadbhihi the sages of yore have called that Shraddha. Yaya Aksharam Adhigamyate because of which the indeclinable Brahman which is myself, which is the limitless thing in the universe, which is the source of all happiness because of which it is known, that is called Shraddha. So this Shraddha one must help oneself with this Shraddha and then only uh, the thing will come. What else? You know, what else he says? He says, Nishtha. Nishtha is service to the Guru. Service to the Guru uh, is done. Service to Guru, Guru Seva is equal to Guru Kula Seva. Same thing. So, Guru Seva and Guru Kula Seva is done. Why? Is done not because the Guru needs service. It is done because I need a certain kind of a preparedness. By serving the teacher, I grow in my preparedness. That is why I am prepared to serve. So, Nishtha, Mati, Shraddha, Nishtha. Then he asks a question. Narada asks the question, Will I get, will there be happiness as a result of this? Will this happiness be there? And now we have caught up with our mantra here, 722.1. Uh, and what is that? And then here, Yadavai Sukham Labhate Athakaroti Na Asukham Labdhva Karoti Sukhameva labdhva karoti. Sukham tu eva. Vijignyasitavyam. Iti sukham bhagavaha. Vijignyase iti. Yada vai sukham. So, he says, okay, this, this, all this, nishtha, etc., and all this is what? Leads to happiness. And Narada points out a very important thing. He says, in fact, all actions are taken up, acted upon, performed for the sake of happiness alone. So one becomes a karta for what? Bhoga. Bhoga means happiness, enjoyment. 
Nobody does just for the sake of doing. So if you ask a person, why are you doing this? So that I can save up for the retirement. Why do you want to save up for retirement? So that I can be happy. <laughs> Ultimately that only comes, that answer comes. Why are you cooking? So that I can eat. Nobody says, I am cooking breakfast right now. And then what? I will start cooking lunch. <laughs> then I will start cooking dinner. Are you having people over? No. Are you going to eat? No. Then what are you doing? Just cooking. Nobody says that. The cooking is, say, is for the sake of eating. All karmas resolve where? For the sake of happiness. So here, this is what is pointed out. Yadavai sukham labhate. Because a person works only atha karoti. The, the person does any action for the sake of happiness. Na asukham labdhva karoti. If an action is causing sorrow, then if the action leads to sorrow, the person does not do that action. And then, sukham labdhva, sukham tu eva, so sukham labdhva, sukham eva labdhva karoti. So, only having gained the happiness, the person does whatever the person's duties are. The person does because there is the promise of happiness. And then Sanat Kumara says, this happiness is a very interesting thing. It is perhaps the most subtle of all the things that we have discussed. Upon this spins the whole jagat. Everybody is mad after this. Nobody knows how to get this in, a, in just a non-elusive way, in a way that is staying happiness. A happiness that stays is not even understood properly. So he says, Narada Sukham Vijignyasitavyam You must look into Sukham. Vijignyasitavyam You must desire to look into Sukham. Desire to know Sukham. And Sanat Kumara says this and Narada responds by saying what? Sukham Vijignyase I desire to do this. Yes, Tathastu. Let us do a vichara over sukham, a nice change than doing an analysis over dukham. <laughs> Let us do that. <laughs> when? Tomorrow. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamadachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Harihi Om Harihi Om